It's Saturday at 6. It's time for your weekly music and entertainment fix. Backstage with Sinead Nivorda. With all the best music, interviews and live sessions. Live from the Radio Nova studios in the Dublin Docklands. Hello and welcome along to the show. It is Sinead with you here until 7 o'clock. Thanks so much for tuning in and joining me backstage. What a show I have lined up for you today. I'm going to be joined by a man who played a pivotal role in punk rock and in bringing some of the greatest American acts of the 20th century to the fore. He is Danny Fields. He discovered and managed the Ramones. He signed and managed Iggy and the Stooges and worked with the Velvet Underground and also carried out publicity for The Doors. I'll be chatting to Elliot Williams, since man with editors. They're headlining Independence at the end of the month. You'll be hearing about life on the road for the band and how working in a remote area of Scotland impacted on the sound of their latest record in Dreams. I'll have music for you from longitude-bound Kurt Vile. And as this week marks the 31st anniversary of Live Aid, I'll be playing you a song from David Bowie's performance from that day. Backstage on Radio Nova. Danny Fields is an American music manager, publicist, journalist and author. He has just recently brought out his book entitled My Ramones, Danny Fields. It's available now through First Third Books. There has been a documentary movie been made about this man entitled Danny Says, which is coming out in August, and that's, of course, after the Ramones song. As a music industry executive in the 60s, 70s and 80s, he was one of the most influential figures in the history of punk rock. He discovered and managed the Ramones. He signed and managed Iggy and the Stooges. He signed MC5. He worked in a publicity role for The Doors. He's been involved with the Velvet Underground and Modern Lovers. He got to see uh, the Velvet Underground rehearse every day in Andy Warhol's factory. And he is joining me next on Backstage to talk about all the above, as much as we can get in anyway. So I'm going to kick things off with music from the Ramones. This is I Want to Be Sedated on Radio Nova.
Music from the Ramones on Radio Nova. I want to be sedated. You are backstage with me, Sinead Vorda, and the man who discovered and managed the band, the Ramones. In 2014, the New York Times said he could make a convincing case that without Danny Fields, punk rock would not have happened. And joining me now backstage is Danny Fields. Well, Danny, thanks so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me here. Not at all. So how's your trip to Dublin been so far? It's been packed with wonderful people and um, a, a beautiful city and not at I had not known what to expect but it's amazing yeah it's amazing that's really I cool to this. hear wow well it looks like you might be coming back because it seems like you oh, I'd love bit, to come back you're this a bit taken the best, best welcome I ever had really I mean, oh yeah so glad to pretty. hear it there's such a love for, for music and culture and just conversation and stuff like that. So I, I've known that. Yeah. I'm sure but I've not that. experienced it until now. So beautiful, wonderful. Oh. A plus, plus, plus. A plus, plus, plus. Well, you're so welcome here. Tell me about the time that you first discovered the Ramones and what it was that grabbed you about them. Obviously, there weren't a lot of bands who were making those short, sharp songs and playing to 160 beats per minute. But when you saw them, what was that feeling that it evoked? The feeling you? was great because they had um, wanted me to see them. I, had, I was writing a weekly column about what's happening. Um, you know, it's news and gossip, and, and I was, and opinion, and I would recommend to the readers, it was limited downtown, very elite circulation, called the Soho Weekly News, and um, I was writing about television, which I loved to this day, my very great band, and Patti yeah, Smith, yeah. Um, who started singing then, um, and they were playing at CBGB's, and the Ramones wanted to be, why don't you worry about us? And this is a campaign of finally, okay, just to stop them from calling me, leave me really? alone. <laughs> yeah, who are you? Just leave me alone. And uh, the name sounded weird. Now, it turns out they named themselves after Paul McCartney used the name Paul Ramone when he would check into a hotel and sort of Paul McCartney so as not to be recognizable or put on a red wig or and check in as Paul Ramon. So that's where they got that word from. But I thought it was a cha cha band or something. It <laughs> sounds kind of Latin music. What are you guys doing? No, no, we know you really like us. So I went to see them and I loved them. I was overwhelmed from the just the start of it. It was perfect. I think they played seventeen minutes and fourteen songs. Something like that. <laughs> And I just fell in love. This, this is a perfect band. Wow. They look perfect. The songs are perfect. They're so short, thank God. And the words are hilarious. I don't want to go down to the basement where the... That was the first lyric. You know, it's a song. It's, I don't want to go down to the basement. What? That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> what a great title for a song. And just strange singer is doing it it's just they were wonderful so i said oh i think i'm going to be a manager again can i manage yeah. you yeah. Nice. that's where it started Man, like, I mean, what a band what a band to have changed rock history forever that sparked off punk rock in the us and the uk like bloody hell. what made them that good well what made them that good was that they were um a a disciplined machine and knew what they had to do and they had great songs Great, catchy songs. We thought they would have hits. They thought they would have hits. They had no hits. 
They couldn't get played on the radio because A, the songs were thought to be too short. Mm. And B, they were the Sex Pistols in England inventing what had what was being known as punk rock. And they were making a lot of trouble and they were sort of throwing up wherever they went or causing mayhem. Mm -hmm. And we got, the Ramones were tarred with that possibility that if we play you on the radio and you get a hit, you come here, you're going to vomit on our console or something. So you know what? We just won't play the song. And the same thing with club owners and promoters. We couldn't get work anywhere. We had to force bowling alleys and office building basements after hours because nobody wanted them because uh, this is unknown quality and this is something I don't know in England there's this band and they're I don't know they're in trouble they're making trouble and we don't want trouble we want music and they're and, and starting with of course everyone here knows the, the Grundy show in London where they went on the air and cursed and then moved from the music entertainment section of the press to the front pages because they said dirty words on a radio. I mean, this is 40 years ago. The Sex Pistols said dirty words. So then they were really troublemakers. Mm. And no one listens to the music. They think if if somebody is doing something politically uh, outrageous or or actively non-musical but a problem they don't want you they're just it's easier not to play them and not to book them um and they never did sell any records you know the first album that made history when it came out in april of 76 and the british bands heard it and they said just what you said oh god this is so fast what a good idea to be fast like duh This is rock and roll. Unless you could do Stairway to Heaven, be fast. Yeah. You know, then no one will know that you're not in tune. And it will be exciting because that's what kids want. Everybody wants fast and loud. There was no secret to it. And don't tune up between songs. And I say this everywhere I go. And I say that to every, whenever I meet a new band, I have one piece of advice for you. I haven't even heard you play yet, but this is it. Do not tune up between songs. The show falls like a balloon out of the sky that's been hit with a, a BB gun. The air will go out of what you have started to do. Really, just keep the momentum going. Just keep it going, yeah. you know. And then Joe Strummer said, uh, of The Clash, it was so wonderful, said, wow, you couldn't slide a cigarette paper between any two of those songs. They saw them July... 5th 1976 40 years ago this week last week and they were so impressed this is well what a way to do it yes no one knows if you're in tune oh and they stand there and they kind of look at each other like what do we do next and they go and the other one goes plung do you think the audience is like that do you think this is show business do you think this is entertainment what are you doing Trying to prove you're serious musicians, get over it. Ugh. We don't want serious musicians. We want a show. Rock and roll and we fun. want to be knocked back. Knocked yeah. up. That's it. Yeah. We want a barrage. Okay. We want an onslaught. Mm. And that's what they did. 
You are Vex Asia, Danny Fields, who discovered and managed the Ramones as well as signing MC5 and these guys. This is Iggy in the Stooges with 1969 on Radio Nova. All right. Sixty 
What a song. 1969 from the Stooges on Radio Nova. And you are backstage with Danny Fields, the man who is responsible for signing the Stooges. Now, Danny, uh, there's so many bases I'd love to cover. And I just want to keep you here all day and all night to talk about everything from Andy Warhol and the factory to Velvet Underground. And I'd like to ask you about working as a publicist with The Doors. And... Uh, Yourself and Jim didn't have the best of relationships. No, is that right? we hated each other, oh, and God. you know Why? he was well. It was my fault. Uh, I, I took liberties with what I thought. I thought there were aspects of his image or persona that I could handle. One thing we did: the very first wonderful picture of him that was go is a breathtaking. It's no shirt and a little necklace of beads and that oh. hair. And he never looked that good again. He hate, came to hate that picture because really? as he got old and fat and beardy and bloated, uh, that picture would be there too. It was like the picture of Dorian Gray, the opposite. Yeah. You know, that picture was there and he was, but we put it in the right place at the right time and the headline was Next Teen Idol. Then they had Light My Fire, which was one of the great number one hits of the decade. Um we kind of had a falling out when I kidnapped him, and then he would beg the record company president to fire me, and the record company president, because I can't fire someone just because he kidnapped you. So, oh, so I don't want to go into the details of that. It's all somewhere Kidnap, else. though. <laughs> yeah. Well, what did you do? I didn't really kidnap him. He was so drunk and stoned and had, had eaten so much chemical stuff and drunk so much liquid stuff and we were in the hills of Hollywood and he was getting ready to leave and I thought he's going to get in that car and drive off a cliff and I'm going to get fired so I took the keys out of his the ignition of his little red car that he virtually lived in um, it was like his house everything he owned was in the trunk and I just uh. put them under the I didn't kidnap him I just put his keys under the you know that rubber thing that's yeah, on the floor yeah. Between you and the pedals? Yep. Yeah, so uh, I didn't know how to start his car and get back to wherever he wanted to go. So he became a prisoner of, of a house called the Castle in the Hollywood Hills. He just couldn't walk away from there. There was nowhere to go except yeah. downhill forever. Uh, there were no phones. There were no cell phones then in existence because oh, yeah, this is so in another... You know, Paleolithic era, and he considered himself to have been kidnapped. And it's a this kind of person does not like to be kidnapped. He wants mm. to be powerful, and oh, who does? You saved his life. <laughs> I didn't say. You know what? I don't know. I thought I was. This is you know. I, I didn't but you're know. Doing he was, job. I was, well, you I don't know. Was that my job to take his car keys away? What's, I mean, I, I submit this question to people. What would you do? The man do? was annihilated. Of course, he was annihilated. He didn't want to see you anyone know, get behind him. No, he was the big money maker. His, come on, his career paid my salary. Mm. So, yeah, just he's too drunk to drive. But still, yeah. aren't you supposed to do that? Supposed to find, like, the designated driver? There was no designated <laughs> driver, you know. And then Nico was there because this was their first night of making love and. He was threatening her, and then he walked naked around the roof of the building. Oh, my. Oh, it's like a castle, you know, in a yeah. chess game with a little 
crenellation. I think it goes like up and down and up and down. And it was, and I thought, oh, just, no, I can't. I'm hiding his car keys. That was it. That's what it was like working for him, okay? So that's what it was like all the time, was it? No, I, you know, I stopped. He didn't want me working for him after the kidnapping event. And I said, you know, good. You know, and just about then I had seen the MC5 and Iggy and the Stooges and, um, and we were getting ready to do Nico's for solo album with John Cale, Marble Index, which that I'm proud of. I'm so proud of that. Well, thank God for Danny Fields. I mean, for the person that you are and the amicable person that you are, you've done, you have done so much for music. I know you say that you, you got more than you deserve, but I think you deserve it all and more. I thank you for thinking that and for saying that. And this is not false modesty. Those were all geniuses. You mm. mentioned you go, they didn't need me to be geniuses. Maybe just to say, here's someone... You might want to, they might give you a recording contract or they might hire you to play somewhere or something or here's this picture. or. Uh, but they're, they're the ones, the artists are the ones. They're, they're the gods and goddesses and miracles. Yeah. They're the miracles. I'm, not, I'm a facilitator. Yeah. I'm no miracle. They're the miracles. Do you play that integral role in, in bringing those people together? And I'd bring like them to the think forward? so, yes. So, it's like an agent. It's not really cosmic, is it? It's not really magical. This agent is the most hateful people in the world are agents, like lawyers and accountants. They're all agents. And that's all I ever was. Yeah. You worked your magic, Danny. But I had a good sense of humor about it. Yeah. You know. Sense of humor and magic. No, Danny Fields, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time thank today. You, thank you, thank you. And thank you, Dublin, for being a beautiful, wonderful, vital, vibrant, wonderful, fabulous city where all the great people who meant everything to me, like James Joyce and mm. Yates and Oscar, and, and wow, it's just, it's just the center of human achievement is here. Wow. And, and God, yes. Thank it's a you. great place. You're Thank very you. welcome. Come stay. Come hang out. <laughs> Thank you so much. Sure. Backstage on Radio Nova. Joining me a little bit later on on this evening's show will be Elliot Williams of Editors. Connor Irwin is on the way up next with the latest in music news, which this week is regarding Porter's Heads, Jeff Barrow, Mick Jagger and these guys. Before we hear the very exciting news from Josh and co, I'm going to play you this one. One of my favourites from the Light Clockwork album, if not up there, one of my most favourite tunes from Queens of a Stone Age. This is If I Had a Tale on Radio Nova. <laughs>
backstage on Radio Nova.